Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Hi, my name's Kay. We will be reading from the Book of Signs by Dr. David Jeremiah, but before we get started, we just went on a girl's trip to Tennessee, which was fabulous, but I found out something I didn't realize. Um, I thought Kay had watched Divination, and it was my other friend Diana that saw Divination, and I heard it from a different viewpoint than the way it made me feel. And so I want her to share how she felt when she watched that movie. Because I just get so excited this and that and don't realize that some things might be too much for people to see. I kind of got that feeling. Was that I was I wrong? Well, uh, no, you you weren't wrong. It's not that I don't believe that there are demons and that there are evil forces against us. And this could be something that comes from my childhood when my parents let me watch the birds. Oh, that really old show, which we can laugh about it now, but back then it was scary. It gave me nightmares. Yes. And, um... Personally, myself, I think I do better reading things like that rather than, than watching them. Watching them, oh, because there was Bert there. Oh, well, okay. but still, though, just the watching, you know, the the forces that were going, you know, back and mm-hmm. forth, and mm-hmm. just seeing the evilness of that one man. Mm-hmm. Like I said, once again, not believing it's not true because right. I know that that is mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. out there. And sometimes when I. I'm not real good at because I don't watch scary movies. I don't either, but I, I see what you're whatever. saying. So you like yeah. to read it, and I'm visual. I yeah. like to watch it. <laughs> I have to see them in action just to, oh, so that's what you meant. Okay. Yeah. I thought it scared you. Yeah, and it didn't really scare me. It, uh, oh, okay. It, it, yeah. Um, and, I, and for me, I'm just going to say this, that when visual things, I think that for myself, when I see something, maybe it is something that does scare me. Sometimes it's hard for me to get that out of my mind. Gotcha. Okay. Because it just comes, you know, mm-hmm. you think about it and then that, that vision comes back to you again. So I took that, <laughs> I took that movie on vacation and she did and let Barb and Kay um, watch it. Oh, but then we watched I am Gabriel. Yes. That's another thing. I told you guys the wrong movie, Gabriel, because there's a lot of, like, I think there's a show out there literally where a demon portrays himself to be Gabriel. So I gave you the just two words. Isn't that crazy how right. it can, like, right. be totally wrong? Right. But I am Gabriel was just amazing. Yes. That is a feel-good God go before you movie instead of the darkness. I like seeing both because I like the whole big picture. So I am Gabriel and it's a little boy with wings. That one is not scary and it's not about demons. We like to throw both in there, I guess. But But he was fighting against evil though. Oh, yes, he was. Yes. Throughout the the whole movie, Mm -hmm. you know, he... He gave you strength and, to, hope. and, yeah. and hope. Right. And to, when you went through something. Well, and, and he showed 
he, he said, it's not of me. You know, he said that many times that this is not of me, but this is of my father. This is of God. I'm just here as a messenger and did things in people's lives that were miracles and before the people of the town and the um, part where the ladies were making the Oh, the prayer blankets? Yeah, the prayer plaid. Where they were, they... They knelt on them, Yes, they knelt on them to pray for people to get on their knees. And so they came together, and the woman of the church had a sewing club. Gabriel had one that he carried with him, and... He was on his face before God all all the the time time on that prayer mat. And it was just symbolic that when you had that and you sat on that and you called out to the Lord, it was the neatest thing ever. I mean, somebody could really take that and make money on that, you we know? We talked about that. That was, a, yes. that was a very good witness. And my friend said that theirs would have to be up on a bench a little further. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get on my knees. I'd have to sit on mine. <laughs> I have but, bad knees. <laughs> but, it, but it was a great thing because these women, they did, they made it for the whole town. And yes. These, these people came to their knees and turned this town around that was trying to be destroyed by the devil. That's right. Yes. Yes. So, and I have one other little blurb that I heard on the radio. This gentleman was talking about he had a birthday party for his son, invited all his little friends over and they're out in the backyard, and they got all kinds of fun things to do and so forth. But uh, at the beginning of the party, instead of talking about all the fun things to do in the backyard, he told all the children, do not spit in the flower garden. <laughs> so he proceeds to go inside, and he gets behind the curtains, and he's watching the children out in the backyard. And and he said, you know what? He goes, all the children spit in the flower garden he said not only once but some spat twice and he said if i would have talked about all the other things for them to do in the backyard rather than bringing to their attention something that they shouldn't do because that's what satan does he goes they would have never spat in the flower garden that's that is cute but it's true it's yeah. like don't yeah. touch that and when they turn around you just want to uh, touch it uh-huh. you know so right. and there are things that we shouldn't be touching oh yeah absolutely yeah. yes and it's like things we shouldn't be listening to things that you know we need to turn around from that's but that was good. So okay, shall very we? Very true. Yes, we're gonna. We're almost actually to the end. We started in the about a third way through the book. We didn't start from the beginning, so we don't have a lot in today and next Saturday. We'll, we'll end the book from the end, but we may start from the beginning. We don't know what we're doing yet. So anyway, okay, go ahead and start with the tree of life. Okay. The tree of life. Having looked at its holiness, its dimensions, its gates and foundation and streets, and at its lighting source, there's another wonderful feature to discover. The presence of the tree of life. Revelation 22 says, In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree 
were for the healing of the nations. One of the topographical features of New Jerusalem is a river flowing down from the throne of God. Its waters is clear as crystal, and on both sides of the river are the trees of life. Not just one tree, but multiple trees. Notice the verse 2 refers to each tree. The Greek term indicates a polarity of the trees, such as we find in an orchard. These trees will bear fruit every month and will be like eating fruit from the Garden of Eden. Notice the phrase that speaks of the leaves being used for the healing of the nations. The word for healing in Greek language is therapy, from which we get therapeutic. We'll be able to eat the leaves of the tree and those leaves will somehow give us a greater sense of our lives and our presence in heaven. This therapy will not enhance our holiness because we will be perfectly holy, but somehow it will give us a greater sense of enjoyment and fulfillment. It will be heaven's therapy for our ever-increasing well-being, the river of life. That brings us to the final feature in our tour of New Jerusalem, the river of life. Looking again at Revelation 22, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. I believe this is the same river mentioned in Psalms 46.4. There's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Almost all the great cities of the world have the ribbon of river running through them. Cairo has the Nile. Baghdad has the Tigris. Budapest has the Danube. London has the Thames. Paris has the Seine. Rome has the Tiber. Visit New York, and you can take a boat trip up and down the Hudson River. And for Washington, in Washington, you can walk along the Potomac. If you visit the city of Jerusalem right now, you'll be visiting one of the few great cities without a river. But one day, the new city of Jerusalem, the heavenly Zion, will have a river of waters that are clear as crystal. Flowing from the throne of God, it will be the most beautiful river ever created in time or eternity. This is our destination, our eternal home. Heaven is a city four square, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 15 miles high. It will have plenty of room to house all the people who've ever trusted God from the beginning of time. Think of the most beautiful spot you've ever seen on earth. For me, it's a place called Santorini. My wife Donna and I took a little break a few years ago and visited Greece and Turkey. One of the Greek islands in the southern sea is Santorini, a volcanic island only about 35 square miles in size. As we stood on the deck of the boat and looked at the blindingly white little town with its rounded roofs, and quaint simplicity elevated along the cliff tops above the blue sea and jutting upward toward the blue sky it almost appeared to be suspended in space wow we said what a beautiful place but it doesn't compare to what god has envisioned for those who have put their trust in him the denial to the city i want to end this chapter on a negative note but all the way through revelation 21 and 22 we see repeated warnings about the danger of being 
denied access to the city. We've discussed the dimensions of the city and the description of the city, but I need to remind you about the denial of the entrance to the city. Not everyone will be admitted to heaven, to the heavenly city. See for yourself the emphasis on the following verses. Oh, that's just hard to comprehend, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yes. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes it an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outsider dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves the practices whoever loves and practices a lie now of course all of us are sinners we have practiced lying many christians have episodes of sorcery or immorality or adultery or even murders in their past these verses do not imply that those sins will keep us out of heaven if the blood of christ has redeemed us but if we have not repented of our sins and placed our faith in christ those sins will certainly prevent us from walking on the streets of gold. If you are living in sin without any regard for the forgiveness of God, and if you are failing to respond to his gracious invitation found in the gospel, you will have no part in the new heaven, the new earth, or the new city of Jerusalem. The only people allowed there are those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There are no exceptions. You won't be able to argue your way into the city or con your way in or sneak in or bribe your way in. If you have not accepted God's plan for your life and received his forgiveness for your sin, when the moment comes, you will be denied entrance into heaven and into the city we have described. I don't want that to happen to you. I believe the reason God gives us health and life and energy as his people is so we can be his ambassadors going all over the world in and out of cities and on the radio and television distributing christian literature sharing our testimonies contributing our resources and giving out the gospel all so we can take as many people to heaven with us as possible let me end with this analysis of revelation 21 through 22 by the great scottish preacher of an early era Artorius Bonar, who said that the city of New Jerusalem was a great city, a well-built city, a well-lit city, a well-watered city, a well-provisioned city, a well-guarded city, a well-governed city, a well-people city, a holy city, a glorious city. Blessed city, wrote Bonar, city of peace and love and song, fit accompaniment of the new heavens, fit metropolis of the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. How eager should we look for it? How worthy of it should we live? Have you made your reservation for the holy city? I urge you to do that now. The last invitation 
in the book of Revelation says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Well, I want to thank you for stopping by our next episode will be the epilogue which is really good so we will talk to you next week thanks for stopping by god bless your week thank you